Hello and welcome to New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. I'm Emily Newman. And I'm Catherine Doggall. This podcast is a chance to mull over the current goings on in hotel land, chat to some pleasant folk about things they know and provide some interest for your ears. We've brought our journalism and communication experience together with our sector knowledge and contacts to create a strategic PR company which understands investing in hotels and the many roles within them. This week, we're joined by James Chappell, Global Business Director at Haworth HTL, where we discuss what's going to happen to hotels when government support ends and whether the Olsen twins are going to be making a move if the wheel comes off. Sound the pig! Hello and welcome to another episode of New Tricks, the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. We have Catherine and the Pink Pig and the New Dog, obviously. And also, there we go, and we are also delighted to be joined by Jamie Chappell, Global Business Director of Hallworth HTL. Jamie, welcome to New Tricks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm disappointingly animal free. Uh, uh, alas. I'm sorry. Is Can you do any there noises? Is... <laughs> Many noises, <laughs> as you well know. But uh, we do. There is a. There is a. There is a. There is a cat here somewhere. But uh, but she's she's too cool for school. So if oh, she okay. does make a guest appearance, it'll be more of a visual one than a than a, than an audio blast. But no, no, super lovely to see you. And um, thanks for asking me. Oh, delightful. I'll to say have that you. now. I'll say that now at the beginning. I yes. might not be saying well, we that in a while. At the end. <laughs> we can review uh, we'll have a feedback loop we'll do exactly. a sixty or something like that um, Catherine how goes Paris and yourself uh, Paris is delightful at the moment we're airlifting people out of the city who uh, so we can fill up intensive care units but you can still drink on the street phew mm. It's just a question of priorities. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you see in France unlike in the UK hospitality comes first yes mm-hmm Yes, in the United Kingdom, hospitality is two hundred seventy-sixth, I think, on the list of priorities. Of. Which means we will be open. We will be open Christmas twenty-five. Is uh, is the Ooh, what we're? Yeah. That's the next date. For a Do great big EastEnders family wine. Christmas fight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's only one left. <laughs> Jamie, how's your pandemic been? Uh, strange question. Is it, is it like a, Sound like sound like. How was your two weeks resort holiday? How's my pandemic been? Um, Compared I mean, to previous pandemics, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, in the general I, scheme of pandemics, better than the plague. Yeah, yeah, worse yeah. Than. I was, it was obviously, obviously, it's obviously not my first pandemic. Mm. Um, how's my pandemic been? I mean, I think like most people's pandemics, long periods of boredom interspersed by short moments of terror. It's like <laughs> life, really. Um, yeah, no, it's been, you know, it, I, I guess like everybody, it's been deeply, deeply odd um, because, you know, certainly where we are in North London, you, you know, you look out on the street and it all looks, you know, it doesn't look like an episode of Day of the Triffids. Um, nobody under 60 will have got that reference. Um, but it's, uh, you know, so it's all intents and purposes. Everything seems fine. But of course, it's it's not. Um, yeah, no, no, it's been, it's, you know, it's been, it's been absolutely fine. Christ, it's been a year, hasn't it? It's just, yes. it's been insane. No, I think it was a roundabout. I mean, obviously, on Facebook keeps sending me pictures of, you know, this time last year, you were in Cannes and this time, <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, not last year, year before last. So that's a little bit odd. I think, especially for us this time of year, which is sort of, you know, conference madness or like normally would be right running mm-hmm. around. I think it's been, it's been kind of brought home 
recently with all of that stuff that normally you know by now would have probably done already three or four trips and really getting into the swing of stuff and that's just that's just not happening um i think like a lot of people last year it's sort of april may june it was just like total panic like you know everything stops nobody wants to do anything complete panic you know uh and then sort of slowly but surely everyone sort of calmed down and went well okay well you know maybe things are you know uh, we should probably try and do some stuff and you know blah 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 and you know all this kind of stuff and and actually actually since then really we've we've, we've been pretty busy um you know which you know in consulting the world of consulting technically you know you know it's kind of irrelevant whether the market's going up or the market's going down you should be you know there are services that you could be providing what actually happened was i think nobody wanted to spend any money at all for a few months last year i think probably quite rightly going oh what's going on hunker down uh yeah, yeah yeah and then i think when everybody calmed down then you just sort of get on and you know stuff 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 carries on and i think that's really been our experience as as of you know, one thing and another, the last couple of months, a uh, few months, really just kind of being back to, to normal. I mean, it's not normal in terms of we can't travel, you can't go on site, you can't do all that kind of stuff. But other, you know, other than that, lots of stuff, you know, lots of stuff happens. I mean, eventually, um, all of the all of the sort of systems that are in place to support everything are going to come to a come to a halt, you know, whether a grinding halt or like a slow roll. Uh, and then I think things are going to get fairly, very busy indeed, and very interesting. Um, and I think people are kind of people are kind of preparing and getting ready for that, whenever that happens. Yeah. So what, what are you working on at the moment then? Oh, are, yeah. Are, are I mean, things or down things? <laughs> or things going along <laughs> in the kind of a straight line, <laughs> or things spinning around and around and around and then going down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you, I mean, as you, as you would probably expect, I think a lot of people have taken, a lot of people have taken the last few months to to take a sort of long, hard look, really, at at, at, at their business and what what they're going to be doing with it. Because I mean, I think for a lot of these guys, you know, you're either you're either acquiring or you're dispersing. Um, or you know you're wor- you're working towards one of those two things, right? Um, depending on where you are, at, you know, in the cycle, and and I think I think a lot of you know I think a lot of our clients have taken this opportunity to to go okay, so what are we at? You know, what are we doing here? And then I think also, you know, what's the long term viability of the business? Is this stuff that we want to be in going forward? You know, are things going to be the same as they were before? Are they going to be better? Are they going to be going to be worse so i think once the sort of initial shock had worn off then it's a really really good time i think to do some quite deep strategic thinking and think well okay hang on a second what are we doing here what's the plan you know we've got everyone's kind of on a pause on a timeout here you know it's a bit like formula one when the car goes out you know and everyone stops and slows down everyone's got to kind of stop their thing and you, you're trying to figure out okay once this happens you know once this starts to alleviate you know what are we going to do um, and so I think we've been doing we've been doing a lot of stuff, a lot of work like that with clients, you know, trying to help them figure out what happens next and, and you know, what's the best thing for them specifically. So, you know, super, super interesting stuff. And as you can imagine, very, very different uh, depending on who you're talking to and, and, you know, where they're at and what their debt looks like and how long they've been in the business and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So. It's, you know, it's a very, it's been a very, very interesting time. But as I said, you know, once, you know, once the safety car comes off the road, 
And once the banks and the governments go, all right, chaps, good luck. <laughs> best of luck <laughs> then, to you. Uh, yeah, best of luck to you. So, so um, when, when people are, are behind the safety car at the moment, are they thinking that they're going to veer off entirely and give up on hotels, seeing as it, it turns out you can, you know, just close them? And, uh, and well, as it, so and well. It turns out, and it turns out you can lose money on them as well. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew? Who knew? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I guess it really, I guess it really depends. I mean, the interesting thing for hospitality, and I think the thing that's really positive for our business is, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you go to a bank and ask money to for, for hotels developing or buying or selling anything like that. You could probably hear the laughter down the street. Um, you know, and it's not it's not like that anymore. Hotel ownership as an asset class uh, is very well established now, is accepted in the market. You know, people understand how it works, you know, mostly. Uh, and, you know, it's seen it seems certainly on a level with the other real estate asset classes. And so I think I think one advantage, one big advantage for hospitality is that if you are in the real estate investing business, whether that's in hotels or retail or, or you know, giant warehouses or commercial or, you know, residential, any of that kind of stuff. In your, if you are in the business of investing in real estate, you know, hospitality real estate comes out of this looking pretty good, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, it was good beforehand. Um, it's obviously not been great for the last 12 months. And I think that's probably put, you know, put the fear of God into some people as to what can potentially happen if things go really south, but I mean that's been true for everybody. Mm. But I think I think one thing that we've seen from the pandemic that's been very very interesting is it's really accelerated existing trends. So, for example, cash cash has been on the way out for a long time, right? But the pandemic has probably accelerated that process and brought that forward by a number of years. But also, when, <laughs> when, you, when at, you sorry, when you said cash and the cash has been on the way out, I was thinking that it was the cash that people have been hoarding because around this time <laughs> last year, everyone was selling stuff and not paying everyone and hoarding their cash. And I thought, mm, yes, cash has been on the way out for a lot of people. <laughs> well, <laughs> for the last I mean, year. Yeah. Which brings, I'm us, not, I'm not, brings us to the exactly. state that we're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're always thinking about is thinking, cash, what's that? You know, but just in terms of people's day-to-day, in terms of people's spending. So uh, when we come out of this, is it going to be fine for it to look like it is? Or during this, everyone's, you said talking about working from home and working from hotel and you need to have extended stay in case everything gets shut down and all the do you have to completely change your hotel to come out of this successfully and carry on being successful or is it a case of I'll stay anywhere once we get out of this I ain't changing the way I travel no sorry no I don't think so I mean I think you've got to you've got to make a judgment call haven't you as to whether this is a one in a hundred year event or whether this is going to happen every five years or so from now on. I mean, if you if you think this is probably more likely to be a one in every hundred or one in every fifty year event, as I as I do, uh, do you change your entire business and working model based on something bad that happened, but it probably isn't going to happen again for another 50, 75 years or so? You know, I would suggest uh, that probably for the next twenty four months. Hotels will be cleaner than they've ever been <laughs> in their life, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which, let's face it, is no bad thing. Um, no, exactly. But, you know, like, like, I mean, look at lockdown. Like, like, look at lockdown. First lockdown, everyone's behaving themselves. It's all great. They love it. Uh, and then now, you know, you can barely move for people down the street. So I think, you know, I think what will happen is that, you know, things will get back slowly but surely. 
because you know when you look at when you look at what's happening in Europe, it, you know, for example, it's you know it's great. We're all patting ourselves on the back here in the United Kingdom with vaccinating people really, really quickly. As it turns out, they're not vaccinating people as quickly in Europe, which probably means that maybe we won't be able to go on holiday in Europe as quickly as we thought we would. Do we want to spend the rest of our lives in virtual meetings? <laughs> no, thank no. you. No, no thank no. you. Uh, do people desperately want to travel? It's funny, you know, when you talk about people, it's one of those sort of bores of lockdown conversations. They're all talking about the holidays. They're all talking about traveling. They're all talking about going back. I think, I think one thing that's, I think one unfortunate side effect is that I think the trend towards less and less, having less and less staff in hotels will probably be a side effect of this. Um, because, you know, if you go down to the sort of citizen ME kind of models, we've got a really nice, beautiful design, but not many people working there, which I think personally is, a, you know, is a tremendous shame because one of the great things about hospitality, you know, the trick is in the name, right, is that, you know, it's a wonderful people industry. And it's also one of the few industries still left that young people can go in with no qualifications whatsoever and, and really make a career for themselves. So if we're going to, if we're going to move down to that model of even in, in sort of, you know, deep, you know, good standard hotels, having fewer and fewer staff on the basis that the less people you interconnect with, the less chances you have of transmission, all of that kind of stuff. I think that's a shame, but I think we're going in that direction, but I think, no, we'll have We'll have a twelve. We'll have a twelve-month period of everybody, you know, ostentatiously wiping themselves down, all that kind of stuff, and then it will, you know, it'll just be that, you know. Do you remember that thing in twenty twenty? It was spring back to form. Do you think the um, reduction in headcount in uh, hotels will be because of the accelerated trends in technology you talked about? That's it. What? Or the- <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. You imagining that? I couldn't possibly follow. <laughs> All the fact that people, you know, we have had the opportunity to take a long, hard look at how the business functions over the last 12 months and realise that you can actually operate um, with a reduced... There are lots of different factors at play, I suppose. Um, yeah, but what, what are your thoughts? Yes, yeah, yeah, so it depends what, what you were getting from exactly. the staff. Exactly. And it depends It depends on lots of things. The style of hotel, uh, the levels of service required, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, can you run a luxury property on a skeleton staff? No, because they that's not that's not, you know, that's not acceptable. Um, and, you know, and it's also still a very people intensive, capital intensive business. And, you know, I think people might try and get away with it initially and think, well, do we need these guys? Do we need those guys, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think they will figure out fairly quickly i mean don't forget that the new style of hotel hotels that have been built say in the last decade are kind of designed to work in that way whereas older previous hotels they're just not right and so the hospitality industry which let's not forget is not really an early adopter of new technologies (laughs) it's not that unusual to walk into a into a hotel back office and see copies of window pirate copies of windows 95 floating around (laughs) still because i'm not wasting money uh so you know so so it's kind of hard to retrofit in that way you know it's one thing it's one thing having a good app it's one thing having a good website and all of that kind of stuff you can do stuff with that on property it's a bit harder um and so so yeah i mean i I think there will be i think long term there'll be a trend for less people um, unfortunately, but I think people will realise that you, you know, you desperately need those people back in work. And also, it depends what the hotel facilities are. You know, if you've got, 
F&B operations, you need a lot more people. If you don't, you don't. Um, I think that's one thing that actually might come out of this as well is, is that F&B operations could be quite quite significantly hit. Or I think a lot of people will, will figure out that they don't, you know, perhaps shouldn't have restaurants or just do grab and go or something like that. It's fair to say in the last 10 years, they could have figured that out earlier. <laughs> what what would the, the, the big, the big empty rooms... And yeah, but once, yeah, but once, around. you know, no, no, of course, of course, of course. But once again, you know, you, you have these buildings with these big rooms. And so, so, you know, you, what do you do? What do you do? What, you know, what do you do with them? And you know what it's like when you're, when you're running a business, you know, in a, you think in an ideal world, you would stop down, you'd stop and think, well, you know, what do we do with this blah, blah, blah. The reality is that people don't, you know, they just have these large empty rooms. I mean, conference, conference hotels, you know, conference hotels, the conference space is mostly empty, right? I guess during the course, during the course of the year, I, you know, the Intercon in Berlin, if we ever get there again, I mean, I don't know how many, how many days a year they're, you know, they're full with events and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I suspect that they're probably empty more days than, than they're not. But that's the nature of the beast. If you want to have a conference hotel and build your business around that, you've got to be comfortable with having huge tracts of empty space with the world's most expensive carpets <laughs> in them. And that's just, and that's, and that's, you know, that's just, that's just your business. I mean, I think people for years and years and years have tried to figure out clever ways of doing stuff with that space. Um, and, um, you know, they've not, they've not got there yet. I reference you back to a previous conversation we had with the delightful uh, Tom Oakden from Hilltop Hospitality, who suggested that, um, not actually, actually, I take that back, not he suggested, he was chatting to um, someone who considered those spaces to be useful for nurseries or tea dances. So tea at dances. either end, tea dances, oh, tea dances, tea dances, tea dances. In the basement. I mean, I don't see why they It's time to come back to the glamour of tea off. dances. Yeah. <laughs> My grandma couldn't get it enough really of the tea dance, dance so fully vaccinated off you go yeah community um, community jamie, <laughs> shall we talk about the you, jamie you talked about them um, you referenced the jjw um process which has taken uh, a turn dun, this morning dun, dun. Um, oh. dun, dun, dun. like right in time exactly sound the pig right in time for podcast recording so we were all um amazed and astounded to see the quantity of bidders where uh, were we though i was ast- i wasn't astounded by the number i was astounded to see some people in there twice which i thought is so good they bid twice <laughs> <laughs> exactly but you know what did we bid on this uh, i'm not sure let's i've again. not <laughs> been i've not offered enough money i'm going to go in again and offer do some again, more Exactly. Maybe I they got a, a sort of discount. I'm Brian, for doing it and so is my wife. Yes. <laughs> I, I love a bit of this. I know none of us loved yeah, yeah, it a yeah. few years ago when they were trying to vlog it before. So what's so what's happening? So what's <laughs> the breaking news? Dun, 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 dun. Well, in, initially, so the process has been postponed. Uh, well, Go on, Catherine, tell in, us more. Initially, it looked as though um, the guy who was married to either Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen. I think we've established uh, that that's not true. <laughs> Then we discovered that that was in fact not true, no. which is a shame. <laughs> deeply disappointing. Very disappointing. Um, and it would uh, and it looked like another chap who owns um, some fast food places uh, at a cafe down the road from me here um, was possibly uh, the highest bid. And then, despite not being married to one of the Olsons, although presumably they could they could bankroll that quite successfully. And then 
it looked as though the original owner decided that he was able to um, possibly ask for some more time, go to court and delay the process. I wonder what, I wonder what gave him that idea. Do you think it was the 6,000 people bidding for his hotel that might have given him the idea? All these people, exactly. It's like I was going to dump these and then all these other people wanted to date them. And then I thought, hang on. I thought they were old and bedraggled, but maybe it's just a classic look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost, yes, it's almost as if him, you know, it's being killed in the stampede. It's, maybe he thought to himself, hang on a second. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be on, beyond the realms of possibility that he scrambles enough cash together just to keep it, you know, out of the hands of the receivers long enough to then actually sell it to one of these 6,000 people. Shock horror. It's nice to know that you've got 6,000 fullbacks. In yeah, this situation. yeah, 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 yeah. Although, exactly. Although, although how, long's it, how long's his window of, of falling back before something else comes along? Maybe they're all thinking, ooh, we'll buy Q hotels. Ooh. Well, exactly. And this takes us neatly on to one of the themes that came out of the Watson Farley Williams webinar last Monday, um, which was the potential for investors overpaying, which seems to be the cause oh. and the concern for the moment. Um, we, yeah, Catherine, are you, do you concerned? Want to, you expertly <laughs> moderated. You expertly moderated that uh, that discussion. Um, I did. Me what was some pig. of the, yeah, there was the pig? The pig was involved. The pig, yeah, which yeah. will forever Always. be involved. Um, yes. What were some of the the sort of uh, conversations around the potential for overpaying? The fear. Uh, well, the 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 fear was that if you have um, a portfolio of hotels which have previously attempted to to raise debt, refinance, and come to market, and yet failed, and yet now have fifty odd people bidding for them, the potential here is for some kind of, of buying frenzy. And and James, forgive me if I'm not using the correct terminology. Um, but uh, and that might might, according to my my A level economics, push up the price somewhat artificially, maybe, and you could be left with something that a lot of people didn't want not too long ago. The um, classic, thinking, the classic oh, bubble. Yes, indeed, indeed. Vraiment, vraiment, vraiment. No, no, you you mm-hmm. articulated that. You articulated that perfectly. Yeah. No, I mean, this is. I mean, you know, but this this was true. This was true pre-pandemic, and I think the pandemic has probably made it worse. There has been ah, uh, yet another accelerated trend. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's you know there has been there has been this mythical wall of money. I like I like to think of it as sort of a Scrooge McDuck, you know, with a big bath when he's got the <laughs> he's got the you know literally surfing, literally surfing yeah. on coins and notes and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean this what this is what happens when you when you do have that you know that that money looking for home, right? And I, and I think that. Um, I think that what is, you know, but it, it is, it is, I have to say, eerily reminiscent of sort of 2008, 2009, when, you know, there was that, the, the, the sort of first level of pretend and extend when, you know, everyone was in trouble and the banks decided that they didn't want to be the proud owner of 50,000 hotels. So they just kept, you know, going, there's nothing to see here. It's all fine. Keep going. No, it's fine. Don't need it's to all pay. fine. It's all fine. Um, and so you kind of had this discrepancy in the market between what the owner wanted and what the buyer wanted. But I mean, that's not. I don't think that's unique to a pandemic. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a transaction where there's not been a large discrepancy with what the owner thinks it's <laughs> worth versus what Muggins wants to pay for it. It's the same thing when you buy a car. It's no different when you buy a hotel. Um, I guess the. I guess the difference in hotels is that. It's quite easy to value a hotel if you've got, you know, trading, you know, forget last year, obviously, if you assume it's going back to sort of normal levels, you can figure out, you know, 
you can do a valuation on a hotel and you can figure out, you know, what the EBITDA is and what the multiple is and what you should be paying for it. So, you know, everybody knows what, you know, on paper at least, how much you should be spending in order to some stage, you know, make money down the line. And, you know, obviously there are some assets, trophy assets, that the economics of that just go completely out the window because they're not they're not buying you know, they're not buying it based on a cash flow return or they're not buying it because they need to service debt. They're buying it because it's got an inherent value of somebody. You know, Chris Nassetta famously said, you know, with, with Hilton, you know, did Blackstone, did they pay too much for Hilton? He was like, yeah, we probably did. But he said, how often do you get a chance to buy Hilton? Which is fair enough. Um, I think I think with this, is there a risk of people overpaying? Um, yes, of course, it, 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 they are in, in, in any market. But I mean, they go in there with, with their eyes open and they go in there probably expecting that the that the hospitality market is going to have the mother of all rebounds and and you know whether you know whether that translates into you know increased value at some stage going forward um you know will you know that's the that's the eternal question but i mean we're not seeing i think at the moment there's a there's quite a scarcity of things to buy right still so i think this is probably why everybody's a bit frothy and a bit excited because everybody sort of sticks their head above the bar a bit, they're getting killed in the rush. But I think when things start coming through, you know, on the other side, then then maybe saner heads will prevail. Um, but yeah, do you think there's a risk that that Mary Kay Olsen's ex husband is going to end up owning something and then having to own it forever and ever and ever because it takes so long to recover? Forever and ever. <laughs> it's like we do an entire podcast based on the former Eurovision winners. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. But, you know, and, and but also, once again, once again, it depends on what kind of owner they are. You know, are they an owner who's interested in hospitality, who wants to build something long term? Or are you somebody who's buying something who's got a five, six year window, wants to flip it and get out and, and sell it on to the next guy? It, you know, it really, really, it really, really depends. Um, I think, interestingly, what will happen, you know, because I think all the banks are quite spooked now. So I think people are going to be half... I think I think maybe the gearing is going to be quite different to what it was before. Mm. People aren't going to be able to borrow as much, so they get a lot more cash down, which I think will probably focus people's minds, <laughs> certainly. Um, but yeah, and I mean, we'll see. I mean, at the moment, I still think I still think it's too early. At the moment, there's no reason these guys don't really have. They don't have to sell at the moment because there's all kinds of legislation in place. Uh, you know, and in fact, I think people who were running their businesses poorly or weren't doing very well have actually done quite, actually done quite well out of the last year. They've been given a timeout to try and get their houses in order to a certain extent. Um, and they're not, you know, they don't have to do anything at the moment. And so, you know, once they, once that stops and they, and they have to, then we'll see, you know, then, then, then we'll see what true values, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be diff, difficult. It's going to be difficult to figure out. We've essentially got, 14, 15 months of no trading under the belt. It's going to be interesting to see what sort of discount people are looking to get because of that. There are a couple of um, transactions that have happened in the last week or so that point to trends, accelerated trends, that it might be quite interesting to have a little chat around. So Hilton have acquired Diamond Resorts International. This is the timeshare that we have seen predicted maybe sorry you can hear me can you hear my cuckoo clock going on in the background yes Yes. is that the timeshare cuckoo clock is that you had no animals that could make noises it's not uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
we don't, I hate to break it to you, we don't have a trained live cuckoo in there that gets stabbed with a small yeah, fork. very disappointed. <laughs> I know the in France that lost. would be The art has been lost, I tell you. <laughs> positively. Sorry, go on, timeshare. Fried, neat and whole. Is it, yes, do you like a timeshare? Is it timeshare time time again? Always timeshare time. Is that a trend or is that, I mean, it's hard to know, isn't it, whether it's just, because a lot of these stuff is sort of the opportunity presents itself. So the opportunity to buy that company presented itself. It was offered to Hilton. Hilton took that opportunity. Does that, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that timeshare is back and everybody's going to be running back into timeshare. Well, the, the month before that, the old Marriott timeshare business bought itself loads more timeshare as well. Ooh, timeshare. So I wonder whether this isn't a, a case of, um, ooh, everyone looked at Airbnb and said, this is of no concern of ours. But without, and then they without, without that, wishing. That it was a concern. And then they thought, how can we have some of this? Ah, without wishing, share. without 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 wishing to be difficult, is is the Marriott timeshares business job not to buy timeshare businesses? Is that you, not what they're supposed to be doing? Your job, sunshine, is to buy timeshare businesses. They hadn't they hadn't done it for a while, and then all of a sudden, ah. and then my my job's at risk. All of so a flutter. I better start buying me some timeshare. Ooh, timeshare. See, yes, you can you can indeed envisage that. Yeah, Would I you mean, be buying timeshare. Personally, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that uh, well, have you got enough carriage clock. No, <laughs> I think that or I think clock. that cuckoo yeah. clock. I do love a good cuckoo clock. Although about sort of eleven, twelve o'clock, it does start getting slightly annoying when you try to have like a conversation with somebody. It's like, all right, okay, all right. Um, 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 I think I think you've I think you're touching on a wider subject here, which is very interesting. Uh, is alternative accommodation and if you would put timeshares in as part of alternative accommodation. I think the challenge has been over the last few years, really getting an understanding or getting your hands around what the market actually is. Because when you look at studies and you look at research, a lot of it, you know, when you do a classic feasibility study for a hotel or evaluation for a hotel, you're typically valuing it against, you know, other operating or planned hotel assets in that market, right? you're not necessarily taking into account, or at least haven't been, all of the alternative accommodation. And so, you know, four or five years ago, you could sort of dismiss or at least discount Airbnb or, you know, these other players in the marketplace as not necessarily. But I think, you know, realistically, if you're being serious, you have to look at the market as a whole, including all of those alternative accommodation and assets. And I think it's only recently in the last you know, couple of years that you've got a few companies. There's one I think that I've I've seen recently really good called All the Rooms, who have been able to 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 shed light on, you know, what is the size of that market? You know, because you know, if, you know, if you look at you know, if you look at a market like London or Paris, how many millions of of pounds or dollars or euros is that market worth on a daily basis? You need to include that in the whole picture, right? So I think our, so I think you know, our hotels and hotel companies and hotel owners waking up to the opportunities and risks um, presented by alternative accommodation, which has kind of gone through. It's gone through that you know initial phase. Is it something? Is it not something? You know, Airbnb is a consolidation platform, right? Really, but what it's done is it, it's allowed people to to get into that market in a way. And now it's becoming more institutionalized. And so it's a thing, right? You can no longer say, oh, well, it's just this and it's not really affecting our business. No, 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 it's not. It's 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 a thing. And I think 
you know, expanding into timeshare and this kind of stuff. I think it's, you know, it's diversification. It's hotel companies taking an opportunity if they can diversify away from the sort of core hotel asset and spread their risk in that way, they're going to do it. I mean, Accor bought, what was it, One Fine Stay a few years ago and that kind of stuff. And so I think it might be an indication that those guys are taking that risk a little bit more seriously than they were before. And is it kind of a thing? Um, but I think that's that whole alternative accommodation space is a very interesting one, and will be and will only only become more so, I think, over the next couple of years. Um, but it's just it's been one of those ones that's been really difficult to quantify in terms of size and numbers and that kind of stuff. But I think it's becoming it's becoming easier to quantify, and I think the results, some of the results we've seen. Uh, from some of that stuff is quite surprising in terms of the size and the scale of that market. It's much, much bigger than people think. Absolutely. Um, As we sort of draw this conversation to a close, um, we're going to ask Uh you some questions. Is it like sort of who's your favourite James Bond? Those sort of questions. That and where do you get the block from? I'm going to go with um, Timothy Dalton. Oh, why? Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. The thinking man's choice. Um, (laughs) No, because Timothy Timothy Dalton, uh, because I think that was kind of my, so I guess my early bond, I was sort of Roger Moore. But, you know, Roger Mm. Moore, bless him, you know. Left eyebrow, yeah, right eyebrow. <laughs> Fantastic, amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing. Whereas I think oh. I remember the first I remember the first Bond film I going to see in the cinema I was about 18 or 19, sort of on my own, was I th- was um was uh, first grown up bond. Uh, was um God, what was it called? Um not licensed to kill. Was it licensed to kill? I was gonna say the one with the Aston Martin. They've all got a bloody Aston Martin in them, or ones that didn't have a Ford in them. <laughs> um uh yeah, License to Kill, I think. License to Kill? With the cello yeah, player. sounds about right. I think so. Anyway. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she had, um, yeah. But a possible second career ahead of her. Yeah, or not. <laughs> it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Tim, 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 Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, wonderful. Timothy Dalton. Bless. Good to know. Mm. For, your next, <laughs> for your next question, we're going to veer back towards the hospitality sector not that james bond isn't very hospitable i was going to say bond bond film bond films the one giant like tourism advert yes true or heineken advert (laughs) right it's more recently (laughs) yes anyway sorry carry sorry Sorry, back on track (laughs) when the shutters are up and i've had the jabs in my arm the first thing i'm going to do is i mean literally the first Mm -hmm. thing I mean, the first thing would probably be to walk yeah. out of whichever, you know, so. Uh, we responsibly self-isolate for a further nine days. And... Um, God, that's a great question, isn't it? I mean, well, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you choose? I mean, apart from running down the street, you know, yelling and screaming. Uh, I mean, I think, yeah, I think once, I think once that's done, I think I'm probably going to sort of, you know, start researching the mother of all trips. That's Pretty that's good. that. And will and will this be places you've been before, or places where they're just so foreign you can't even understand what you're eating? Yeah, well, with an eleven-year-old and an eight-year-old, I don't think that's probably a great idea. 
Uh, <laughs> as, that's as never, that's never says, stopped you us can before. always find pizza everywhere. Yes, true. Pizza it's everywhere, absolutely it. true. It's absolutely true. You can always find pizza everywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I mean, you know, it, it, just, just to go somewhere, just to go somewhere Ooh. would be, you'd be super, Places super nice. That- yeah. Go somewhere and not have to deal with the oh dishwasher. Oh my god, that is my yeah. We've not taken. I feel sorry in all of this. I feel sorry for the dishwasher. I really do. It doesn't know what's hit it three times a day. The thing's That's extraordinary. Isn't it? It's probably, it's probably a good pandemic for Bosch. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we've not taken. We've not taken the kids. We've not taken the kids to Asia. So I think. I think planning a planning a really jumbo, exciting trip to Asia. Uh, Something to look forward to, something that you you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Something like something something like that. Something like that, I think. Just to get out of the tip, house would tip be top. great. Get out, get of, out the of the house. The best thing about the hotel sector is Sorry, say again. The best thing about the hotel sector is. Uh I don't know whether it's because I think the I think the, the best thing about the best thing about the hotel sector, I think because it's hospitality, the hotel sector, I think, is is filled with such nice people in general. I mean, obviously not everybody, not mentioning any names. Um, That's a whole, that is a other, whole podcast. other podcast. <laughs> when we will be mentioning names. Yeah, there's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes. I think it I think, it, list of names. I think in my I think in my I think in my experience, the beauty of the host, the hospitality, I'll try and keep this short. The beauty of the hospitality is you've got the sort of hotel asset or the restaurant asset in the center, and there's so many satellite industries that it supports. And I, you know, I talked earlier about it being the sort of one of the few one of the few jobs left that you can just walk, you know, no qualifications, you can walk in um uh, and 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 do something with yourself so i think that makes it very special but i think people if people have worked in hospitality you've worked in hotels and restaurants it takes kind of a special kind of person to do that people who are really good with people people who really enjoy being around other people and i think when they leave and they go into more sort of you know other those satellite jobs they take that with them and i think ultimately it is an industry based around being nice to people and giving people good experiences and i think that permeates through the whole thing so I think it's just it's just such a you know such a great industry. I mean I started off my career working in advertising which is not like that. <laughs> and I think once you sort of come in <laughs> once you come into you know once you find an internet hospitality and you think wow this is you know you know we get to we get to go to beautiful places we get to stay in beautiful hotels we get to do really interesting things you know it's just it's just great it's a really really great industry. I can't wait to get back to it frankly. Oh, it really is. Um, the hotel sector would be significantly improved if. Well, it could be. It, it, governments need to take it seriously. Really, I think if it was if it was recognised, if it was recognised for the enormous benefit that it is, it's just it's so taken for granted across the world in terms of. It's just there, right? It's just there and it just is, you know, most countries, including mine, don't have a minister for tourism, that kind of thing. It's just one of the, it's just this giant cash cow that everybody gets involved in and it doesn't really get taken seriously. I think if people, I think if governments and other and other institutions took it seriously and for the impact that it, for the benefit it has on everything, 
then I think, you know, it would receive a lot. Don't get me wrong. It's received a lot of support in the last 12 months for sure. No question. But I think if it was just taken seriously by those people as, and, and seen for, for, for the good that it does in society in general, um, then I think it, I think that would improve it. That would improve it greatly because you get a lot more support for people going into it, I think. You may well have just answered uh, this next question, but what the industry needs now is... Well, I think the industry. I think the industry needs. I think the industry needs continued support as people, as people morph back into. So we saw everything sort of stopped dead, right? And now it's it's not gonna it's not gonna it's not gonna there's not gonna be one sort of giant clapperboard and everything starts again. We're gonna sort of ease back into it. So I think I think really what the industry needs is it needs that sort of continued to support to allow people to bring people back in. At a sort of reasonable, as a sort of reasonable pace, because it's going to be very, very hard. You can't stop something like that and then just and then just gear it up again. And it's been worse than that because it's been sort of stopping and starting and stopping and starting. So it needs just kind of a gentle run up because all those systems that are built up around it, you know, airline systems and travel system, all that kind of stuff, that's going to take a bit of a while to get going. So I think just to sort of on, you know, ongoing tapered off governmental support just so everything sort of slowly gets gets back up and running and then and then you know off you go and then i think you know as i said i think to, to really appreciate that this is an industry that that employs a tremendous number of people and we need to really sort of continue to incentivize people to to get back into that and to allow them to work in that yes it would be nice to think wouldn't it that now people have worked out what a hotel is um, they sort of continue. They don't forget that instantly. Um, so the final yeah. question is: um, I'd like to think we've learnt from this. Was that a question or a statement? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I think I'd like. Have to say yeah, no, no, no. I'd like to. Th- I'd yeah. like to think that we'd learnt from this. That 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 to just not take stuff for granted. Myself, in, myself included. I mean, I think, I think I'll be completely honest. I think towards at the beginning of the lockdown, having been working in the industry for twenty-five years, beginning to get slightly jaded. I think with travel and taking all of that stuff for granted, and you know, oh, it's March, so we're going to be in Berlin and Cannes, and we're going to do this stuff, and oh, I've got to get it, you know, on another plane, and you know, do all that kind of stuff. And I think the last year is is really taught me not to take that stuff for granted because it is a really remarkable thing, and it's really it's it's extraordinary that we've got the opportunity to do that stuff. Really, 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 really. It's so easy to get so so cynical. I think and take that stuff for granted. So I think if it's taught me one thing, it's taught me you know not to take that stuff for granted. And like anything, you know, it can just be taken away. Circumstances very. You just never know, do you? Really, you just never know. I mean, who would have thought? Well, I mean, as it turns out, loads of people. People have been saying for <laughs> people have been saying for years. Oh, I think there's a pandemic coming. No, 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 no. But you know, things can change very quickly. Things can change very quickly, and so I think it's really important to 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 be really grateful for the opportunities that we have, and to not take that stuff for granted. If we've learned anything, that would be my thing. I hope so. I hope so. Well, I look forward, I for one look forward to seeing you at the Burger King in Schoenfeld looking really, really great. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's in in Tegel, surely. Tegel. Isn't the Burger King in Tegel? Of course. 
Yes, oh, no, it's, yeah. there's a bagel place at Taylor as well, isn't there? That's just sort of awash with very, very ropey looking people. <laughs> no, but that, that, that in particular, that Burger King, that particular, that Burger King at Taylor in particular, I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen, seen some, some sites, that. I've seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> one scene, one scene can't be unseen, really. No, it's no, extraordinary. a lifetime, a lifetime therapy. <laughs> this is why this, <laughs> week, this, you, this is why this year has been gifted to us. Oh my god! Seen. But what are you guys? What are you? Let me ask you. What are you? What are you most looking forward to? See, yes, that's such an easy question, eh? Oh, I did answer these yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what, what intelligent things I said now, but it was very. Make it, I think I said making a making a huge mess that somebody else will clear up. How <laughs> uh, very how very Boris Johnson. Uh, well, I said, and in a very in a very I PR way, I said. <laughs> in a very PR way, I said um, that it's really important to communicate. Because a slightly self-serving how... answer that one. <laughs> I said it in a way that didn't sound it. I said it in a way that didn't sound self-serving, but you know, which is your <laughs> It's important to have professional communication. <laughs> you can't put and... a price on that, but if you can, <laughs> but if you could, <laughs> it would be high, not as high as you think. <laughs> Very reasonable. <laughs> Yeah. Audible. No, no, no. I think I, I think all I think all joking aside, uh, all joking aside, uh, it's extraordinary, really. The, the thing that really surprises me for the hospitality industry, for something hotel industry, for something with such a great product, how poor we are at at communicating about that. Really poor. You see, yeah. really, really bad. I think that I think the problem is a lot of the time is it's quite generic, isn't it? The product is quite generic, and so it. You, you can be left struggling, I think, to try and you know differentiate what you're doing from, from from other people to a certain extent. But but still, when you've got you know when you've got the raw material that we have to work with, it's quite shocking, really. Um, but I think people are in it. When you're course. in it, it's hard, yeah. isn't it, to, to step back to see what those those two or three real nuggets are that def, that define you, that that differentiate you. Um, so, and this, yeah. this always anyway. makes you know it's the thing that always makes me laugh with like you know when disasters happen you know and afterwards people are like oh well you know they should have realised that uh, and you're like you know <laughs> most people can barely put their trousers on the right way around in the morning <laughs> let alone play 4D chess. So that concludes our thoughts for this week. Thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog, washing the cat, chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time. <laughs>